Hey everyone, thank you for joining me for Modern Heathen Man. I want to welcome you all here today. I want to say happy Thor's Dogger today. So let's give Thor the reverence that he deserves and the veneration that he deserves today. So on Thor's Day today, also the night of Walpurgisnacht, um, I'm joined here today with my wife Kelly. Hello. My friend Jackie. Hello. My friend Austin. Hello. And we're going to come to you as Modern Heathen Man and talk a little bit today about modern heathenry and getting in the modern heathenry and some other stuff so join us today as we talk about different things grab yourself a cup grab yourself a horn grab yourself a mug grab some mead grab some coffee grab some soda or just sit back and relax and join us as we talk about being a heathen heathen in the modern day so let's begin right away how are you today kelly i'm good how are you today jackie i'm doing well and you austin yeah, yeah? okay yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Thor's day. Let's talk about veneration of Thor and how we do that. So I usually take the time to put something on my body for Thor, recognizing that it's his day and showing everyone else that I know that it's his day. Do you guys have any practices you like to do for Thor's day? I put your stuff on you today. Yeah, you put them backwards and I changed I it, but it's all right. <laughs> I normally thank him, and he's normally on my mind throughout the day. Cool. Anything awesome? Uh, same. Uh, okay. On my way to work normally, but uh, luckily today I'm off. But, uh, normally on my, on my way to work, I thank Thor, say whatnot. Cool. So, one of the things I want to tell you, Jackie is actually learning to be a Godar. And she's just uh, learning from me different things and learning from studying different things. And um, Austin is her husband, and he's been practicing heathenry now for? Uh, about 12 to 14 years. 12 to 14 years. So hopefully he gets some info and he can put some stuff in the Modern Heathen Man and you'll enjoy. So let's talk about Walpurgis Night. Any thoughts on it, Kelly? No. Okay. So while Perkins Night <laughs> was traditionally a heathen holiday that the Christians took and um, gave it the name of one of their saints, we then later um, took it back and changed it to Walburgus Night and some other stuff. We don't really know the actual name for it, um, the actual day that it was, but we do know that we celebrate it with bonfires and starting fires, and it's a day before May Day, obviously. So we try to do stuff like that in Sweden... In Iceland and in Finland, what they do is young men go into the woods and try and find green sprigs and flowers and such and bring them back and adorn the window of their girlfriend or girlfriend-to-be's house um, to symbolize like fertility and such. And then they begin to start a fire solely by friction. And then that fire makes the bonfires for the evening. We know in Iceland they have huge bonfires tonight celebrating Walpurgis night. And also in Germany, is that correct? Yes. Yeah, and in Germany as well, they celebrate Walpurgis Nox. So all the Germanic um, places celebrate tonight and into tomorrow for the May Day. And of course, we all know the Maypole with the little ribbons and stuff around it and kids dancing around it. So that's what we're celebrating tonight. I encourage you to go out and do some kind of celebration, even if you just start a little fire in a grill or light a candle of some type, to light the, the night up with your thoughts and veneration for fertility and the beginning of spring. So spring to us is now sprung, and it would begin the planting season for our ancestors and the beginning of the new season for them to start making the stuff that they're going to store for the winter. 
So give thanks to Iduna today and make sure that you understand that she's going to help everything grow and her apples are starting to bloom and, and everything. Freya because and it is Freya. a fertility. Yep, because it is a fertility celebration as well. So, any thoughts, guys? I can't wait to light our big bonfire tonight. You guys yes. going to have a big bonfire tonight? Yes, yes we, we are. are. Cool. How uh, big? So I'm the pretty decent. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm we, the, we just I'm gotta make gardener, sure we don't so. catch the shed on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, she shed's gonna burn. Yep. Uh, now yeah. we know what happened to it. It's while Pergus knocked. Yeah, I have a section of woods behind the house that I've been needing to clear. Oh. And being uh, what a Pergus knocked, and being the uh, start of spring, perfect time for me to start my gardening. Go in there, get all the dead stuff out, build a massive bonfire. There you go. It. Uh, we, we have enough wood to burn a massive bonfire tonight, too. Yeah, we do, too, yes, definitely. Yeah. I might even uh, break out my, my Bluetooth speaker out there and uh, play some music and dance with the wife. That sounds like fun, actually. I, maybe we'll do the same thing. Yeah. Not so much dance, I don't like dancing. I know. Yeah. 15 years and you've never danced with me. That's all right. You'll, you'll live. You'll be okay. Well, that's because yeah. Alabama's not a perfect. That's right. That's right. There's no earthquake. There's... <laughs> Anyway, wow. I know. So let's move on a bit. Let's talk a little bit about. Um, I'm going to talk to Jackie a bit, and if you guys want to help me here, um, you know, we we all talk about adversity through life. We all talk about things that have bothered us through life. Like, do you remember the hardest thing that you had to do to begin learning heathenry? And then this, I'm saying, you have to think back a little bit because it's just like climbing Mount Everest. You know, Mount Everest is really hard to climb. And a lot of times, the elation of making it to the top diminishes the problems that happen on the way down. You may remember them a little bit, but they're not as downtrodden and not as bad as they were on your way up. I know a lot of people here are new to heathenry and kind of, I don't want to say are stumbling, but don't know where to go next or what to do next. Do you remember those adversities you had to overcome since you are so new to it that you were able to overcome and what it felt like when you did overcome as opposed to where you are now? Yeah. No, okay. my, my, my biggest thing starting out was definitely, um, I would have to say, switching religions. Okay. Um just because I was brought up Catholic and then I was in a Christian family for so long. Um, it was it was a little bit harder for me to chuck what I already knew kind of to the back of my brain. And anyone that I meet that asks me about, you know, Astro and everything else, I tell them it's definitely... A religion that has homework out yes. the yin yang. Yep. Um, it is not something that we can just do occasionally. Uh, you know, thank the gods on one to two days a week and go about our life. Right. It is a very big life change as well. Um, other than that, uh, there there was some. Not knowing what's next, you know, you, you get so far and then you kind of get a little lost at times. Uh, normally what I do is I either step back for a little bit or I come to, to you mm -hmm. and ask questions. Gotcha. So you find a lot of hills and valleys in it. 
Yes. You know, where you're on the top of the mountain, then you're in a valley, and you don't know what to do, and you get back on the top of the mountain, and back in the valley. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, one of the biggest things for me when I became um, a Satri, or when I decided to fully press my heathenry into my life, was I, I was worried about what my friends would think. And again, coming from a very Christian background, oh, and yes. going to Bible school, I was like, what are my friends going to think? You know, am I going to lose a ton of friends? Am I going to lose a ton of people here? Am I going to lose a ton of people there? And it was really trying for me to determine whether or not I wanted to go and do this because I would lose so many people. But I really felt the call to it, and I felt that it was where I needed to be. So I kind of just, you know, swallowed my pride or whatever you want to call it or just give it the gumption and went for it. And I I haven't looked back since. So how about you, Austin? Anything that you had to overcome? Well, so whenever I got into heathenry, it was actually during my my druidic training. Um... Back in high school and whatnot, uh, growing up in the woods, there's a, an overwhelming presence of mm-hmm. uh, you know just spiritual energy. Gotcha. Uh, so exploring that, I found a pagan shop uh, down in Old Town, and I started apprenticing under the local Druid priest there. And throughout my studies and whatnot, I had to pick a path. Uh, so while druids are pretty non-denominational, they have to learn everything to help anyone throughout their own path, but they still need to pick a path of their own. Uh, so I started doing my research, and I looked into it, and it fit. Everything made sense. Um, so uh, through my initial uh, you know, getting into heathenry, was difficult because I was learning so much else at once that I didn't really have time to dive in. So I actually had a, a kind of seamless transition because I, I got into it slowly because while I was learning all the other paths and whatnot, uh, all the Wiccan, you know, different faiths and such, uh, I was learning this on the side. So little by little by little by little, and I would, you know, dive into it more and more and more and more and more. So instead of me, you know, uh, forcing myself up the mountain and finding myself in the valley, I walked really slowly. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, what, I took some training. Um, I want to say about fifteen, twenty years ago, maybe. No, it wasn't that long ago because we were together. It was probably about eleven years ago. Okay, so about 11 yeah, years ago. It was at Mary's shop, so yeah. maybe 12, maybe 11, 12 years ago. Yeah, about 11, 12 years ago, I took some training at a store myself, and um, the guy just, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to do this or not. It didn't sound You went more for the mead making than Yeah, I went more for the mead making, believe it or not. Yeah, yeah. So, but I, I will say this, is um, I call it finding my way back home because it became such a part of me that I feel like this should have been my home religion at that point. Yeah. You know, this is the path I was supposed to be on. This is the path that called to me and beckoned to me, whether I knew it or not. So I, I find that quite ironic. How about you, Kelly? Well, I. It's hard. Um, I think I start like I started on this since I was like 15, mm-hmm. and the first um, inkling I had of this was when I read *The Mist of Avalon*, and I really enjoyed reading about the religion on the Isle of Avalon and I realized part of it was this part of it was Celtic part of it was um, a little bit of everything and then 
um, as I was reading more and more into it, I I kind of went back to Christianity for a while because that's what my family expected of me, and then went into nothing for a long time. Actually, when I met Joe, I wouldn't even set foot into a church. Yeah, true. <laughs> he, we went to a church one Sunday, and I walked right back out. I said, nope, can't do this. Um, but I think he kind of helped me go down this path because I was looking at other pagan paths and stuff like this. And we went to one class on a satru, like I, like he said, um, and it was more him for the mead making, and we were kind of intrigued by it. And then uh, I still went on my own little pagan way, my way, and we just kind of ended up here together. Cool. So I've given a lot of advice on modern heathen man about um, you being new to heathenry and what you want to do and all this other stuff. Um, one of the things, you know, I give the advice of me personally. This is what I've done. This is what I've found. And this is what I've come to realize. If you had somebody getting new into heathenry, what would your advice be for that person um, just starting out that's kind of feeling discouraged and saying, you know, I don't know if I want to keep doing this. I don't know if this is for me. You know, my family doesn't like it. I'm afraid of, per se, coming out of the closet and, you know, letting everybody know what, what I am and what I believe in. What would your advice to them be, Kelly? I would say reach out to fellow heathens. Um, people that are in a heathen community, there's tons of them on Facebook. Literally tons. Find a good one. Find somebody who... And you'll find different levels of experience with it. You can ask somebody who's on the same kind of level as you or somebody who's more advanced and make some friends that way and they'll tell you they'll help guide you into how to be comfortable in coming out of the broom closet or coming out of Odin's closet or whatever you want to call it um that's always a good resource and especially now because we have so many online resources and and so many ways to connect with other heathens and there should be some more in your area they might be closeted as well but you might be able to find some that you know, maybe want to start a kindred or want to start a group or want to start a study group of some sort. How about you, Austin? Same question to you. So, I don't know. So, it's always difficult because you can always go through the, uh, like, the Facebook channels and whatnot and, you know, try to find somebody. Um, but more often than not, finding someone close to uh, that you can actually sit down with uh, is often the most difficult part. While this religion is growing, it's not large enough for there to be, you know, kindreds in every town. Right. Uh, so that's always the most difficult part is that you can find a, a, a pagan shop uh, that just specializes in everything. Uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, and they can point you in the right direction, but finding someone to actually sit down with is always going to be an issue. And on top of that, those people, even like Kelly was saying, uh, can be, you know, deep into it or just starting out themselves. And at the same time, um, we've even run into some people that were mm-hmm. almost like elitist right. um, in, in it. They, they believed their way, and that was the only way to them. 
which is not a healthy learning environment whenever it's an open religion like this that's developed so much and branched out so much throughout the centuries. Right. Yeah, so... Uh, what would be your advice, then? It's a tough one, I know. It's, yeah, it's definitely a tough one. Yeah. Uh, my advice is find someone that you are comfortable with, but keep an open mind. Okay. So find someone... Uh, as close to you as possible that you can sit down with. Um, even with you, Joe, you live a state away. Mm-hmm. But I get to see you every couple weeks or yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's it's those times that I can actually sit down with you and, you know, really discuss. Poke, and, poke and prod, yeah. yeah. And we joke around a lot, but yeah, yeah, yeah we do poke and prod, yes. Yep. How about you, Jackie? Same question at you. So, I had the issue with coming out to certain family members that were very uh, judgmental mm-hmm. and not open-minded. Uh, so I, I can really get the coming out. Um, I think I waited to really come out to family when I had enough knowledge to explain what this is. Because a gotcha. lot of people ask you, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, and you want to be sure in your answers, uh, but there is a point in time when you have to rip off the band-aid. Mm-hmm. If people leave, then they are not your friends, or I hate to say it this way, but they're not a good family member if they don't support your, you know, mm-hmm. change in life. Yeah, one of, the, one of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever gotten was actually from a preacher I used to be really nervous, and I used to be very nervous around people, and especially speaking in public. And the teacher that taught me to speak in public pulled me aside one day, and he said, why are you so afraid to speak in public? And I, I don't know why I was. I had no clue why I was afraid to speak in public at the time. But he said to me something that sticks with me to this day as an adult. He said, Joe, are they your friends? And I said, well, yeah. And he said, then they're going to love you anyway. And if they're not, what the hell do you th- care what they think? Sure. And that concept stayed with me now to today, till I can go ahead and just talk to anybody. But keep going. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's fine. Um, I would definitely say there there is a point in time when you just gotta grit your teeth together and and come out about it. Um, I would say work slowly. Work work at a comfortable pace for you. Um, learn your stuff. And then come out about it. And then whoever leaves isn't true to you. And you know who the real people are to the not real people. Gotcha. So one of the other things I want to talk about is, you know, now we've talked about overcoming, coming out. And then the second part is you said something earlier, which I keep saying all the time. This is a religion of learning. This is a religion of study. This is a religion of getting to know things and understanding yourself. And you said it best when you said you weren't comfortable really coming out until you knew what you were talking about. Yes. And that's a big thing because people are going to question you and try to get you to stumble over yourself and make mistakes and say, see, this is why. You know, you know this, you know that. You know the other thing already, this is a mistake because you don't even understand what you're getting into. And I hear that from people all the time. So for me, my greatest resource has always been the um, Prozetta because it really teaches me 
what the foundations of our path are, what we truly believe in based on Ganglier and his trip to Valhalla. For me, that's my answer. That's where I go. That's my go-to thing. And then there's other things from the internet and stuff that I look at, and I, I make um, different calendars and stuff, so I understand what's going on personally. But for you, what is your most go-to thing that helps you understand what you are and who you are that you might be able to tell somebody that's new to heathen that they can do? Kelly. Just reading. But reading what? Um, I've read the Essential Satra book, which is a good primer. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if that's you one by Diana Paxson. Yes. Okay. It's it's a good primer um, for learning how to do a bloat because they actually like play out a bloat. In yeah, the, I, I like the books for that reason. And yeah. the whole thing like is the, that the, the he, uh, heathenry handbook type thing. No, this one is called Essential Satru by Diane Paxson. What she does is you begin basically like going through a bloat, and she begins to explain each piece of the bloat as if you were a new person going through a bloat. I think it's the handbook to heathenry that has the picture of uh, Slipmere and Odin. No, the, no, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, no it's not. It's the, the green and yellow one that you have. Oh, no, she's oh talking the one about that handbook. has the bulk on it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. That one. Yes. I would say either one of those, honestly, because even in the uh, other book, the handbook, the, the, the what I said. Yeah, handbook to heathenry. Yeah. Yeah. But it does the same thing. It teaches you how to go through a bloat for Freya. Mm-hmm. Uh, it goes through all of the gods. Mm-hmm. It gives backstory the whole way back to uh, Jul- uh, Julian Caesar. Julius Caesar. Yeah. It it goes. It ha- it breaks it down for you on how it started. Mm-hmm. What is our proof that we've actually found? Mm-hmm. And then it goes into the gods and goddesses bloats. How to properly praise, you know. The Essential Asatru book actually starts out each chapter with a section of the bloat. And then explains, and then explains it, yeah. it. So, like, you get to learn what each person's role is in the kindred that's at the bloat as well. So that's how it starts. And then you, you learn a little bit more about each thing, um, each part of it, in the actual chapters. Mm-hmm. But it's a really cool way to introduce somebody to a ritual to a bloat to anything that's because it's just it's just a good primer it's just a good example and it it really helps you visualize what is going on mm-hmm. in that setting so you know what you what to expect okay your thoughts austin can you repeat the question the question is <laughs> what is your go-to thing like mine was the pros at it like i said to learn what it is to be a saw true because we're talking to people right now about you know, she said something really great about learning your thing before you yeah. come out. So how do you, what's your go-to thing to study to learn what it is to be heathen? What, what's your idea of what people should use to begin reading, to begin understanding what they are? Well, see, that was, that was the thing, is that uh, one of the good things about Satru versus other heathen religions is that it's not, it's not that specific. Mm-hmm. So, whenever I got into heathenry originally, um, it was always about, you know, different, you know, feelings, different energies. Yes. All right. So, uh, Thor wasn't a specific person to me. He was the embodiment of that. Almost warrior, a construct. That, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that warrior spirit. Okay. All right. Um, 
know, same thing with, you know, all of the gods. Mm -hmm. uh, each one is a, a construct of an idea. They are the embodiment, that energy of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so whenever I got into it, I was, uh, I was actually studying uh, different uh, Wiccan practices mm -hmm. uh, originally. Uh, but then whenever I got into my go-to uh, for it, I was uh, learning from the, the Havamal, uh, reading the Proverbs and whatnot, mm -hmm. and actually getting an understanding of the mindset of heathenry, of how um, you should live your life, uh, things like that, the ways that you should see things. Mm -hmm. So uh, my go-to originally was the, the Havamal, and then I got my hands on the Satru edit actually learned the stories. Okay. Which edit? The Satru Okay, the Satru edit. Okay. I would say the most dangerous thing you honestly can do is Google. Yes. Yes. Because as many times as I have Googled things, you never get the same thing, and then there is a lot of Christian influence mm -hmm. in, in a lot of the things. Um, you won't always find a straight answer. Um, that's why what I did was, uh, I YouTube the Eddas actually first, mm -hmm. and I sat there and I listened to the stories, and then I went and bought a slew of books. Right. <laughs> I, I bought the one that Kelly talked about, I bought the one that I had mentioned, and then I had bought, um, the Ashu Eddas and the Hufflepuff. Okay. I like the Havamal a lot. I like the wisdom within the Havamal. I like the sections of it, personally. But I think that it helps us along life. My, my favorite, beyond any, is always the one where it says that um, a friend's house, no matter how far, has a well-beaten path. But an enemy's house, no matter how close, path is always overgrown. And, you know, that says it all in life. It, it really does for me. And I like that one a lot. So, now that we're talking about this, we have four different um, viewpoints, which I really like. One of the things I want to tell people is the thing I always say to everyone is that there's nothing wrong in the Asatru that you practice, no matter how you practice it. If your idea of sacrificing is going to the store and buying a beer or even a milk and dumping it out, that's your idea of sacrifice. It's not wrong. And I like the four different viewpoints that we have here consistently because it shows you that everybody has their own way of doing things. Um, the goal for modern heathen man is just to get you to start doing things. So becoming that person that you want to be, you know, venerating the gods and showing them that you do care, that you want to be part of this. So the next question I have for everybody, and I'm sorry I'm just asking questions here, is that... Um, the first actual ceremony you did by yourself, if you remember it, can you tell us about it? Like, I remember the first ceremony I did by myself, I did a bloat in my backyard just with myself, and I waited for the sun to come up, and I greeted the new day sun. Um, I think it was a Thor's day, so I had a Thor's bloat that I did. And for me, it was really a nice thing because it was just me, and just Thor, and just today, and as you talk about all the spirits of the woods around you, I live in a very rural place, so I got the spirits of the woods around me, nobody was up yet, and it was just the, the calm of the morning, the quiet of it with the birds and everything singing, so to me, that was my defining moment of this is where I want to be, and I can really hear the gods. Do you have a moment like that, and if you do, can you explain it? If it's too emotional, I understand you can't, but 
you know, just say something about it if you can. So, Kelly? Uh, yeah, I've, I've talked about mine before, and I don't want to um, go into it too much because it's a little emotional for me, but um, my aunt had passed away, and um, I had this extreme um, connection with Frigga, and uh, the next day after that, I, I had a, a gone out to the to find whatever I could as far as wildflowers. We live in the south, so there's always something growing. And uh, found some flowers and stuff, and did a small bloat to her in her honor. But uh, yeah, that was that was pretty emotional for me. Was it a defining moment in your? Oh yeah, your absolutely. Walk path and... Absolutely, it was when I felt that this was the absolute right thing. When when you have somebody yelling in your ear. Um, <laughs> While you're at work and washing your hands, there's, there's definitely a connection there and definitely something telling you you're going the right way. How about you, Austin? So, my first bloat alone uh, while practicing, um, I have this spot in the woods where they had tried to build a house. Uh, they laid a foundation and then mysteriously disappeared. Uh, so there's just a foundation in the middle of the woods, uh, overgrown with trees around it. Uh, there's a, a slight animal path that you can squeeze through to get back to it. Uh, and I used to camp out there and whatnot, and really just, you know, just sit there and listen. Uh, but one day, I brought my uh, copy of the Asatru Edda, this was years back. Um, and I had a couple horns of mead, uh, played some music, danced, sang, and uh, read a couple of the stories, and really dedicated that night to um, being one with the, the nature. So, it was a, a, a really, really big turning point where I just, I felt reborn, like this was my new natural state. Uh, so I really knew uh, at that point on that this is what I wanted to do, this is what I wanted to be. Cool, thank you. How about you, Jackie? Um, so it's different for me. So my first bloat was not a major defining moment for me right off the bat. Um, my first bloat was a house protection one. Okay. I, I had some something lurking around my house that did not need to be lurking around my house. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I did that and I was just getting into being a heathen at the time. My defining moment, I have to say, was a little bit after I joined the Kindred and when I um, took up the role of shield maiden. Mm -hmm. I had uh, went outside and listened to music and really in tune to myself and thanked them. And that's when my my first encounter, I guess you can say, mm -hmm. I I had um, Freya come to me and. It was a very big, in the moment, oh, holy crap, this is this is where I need to be. Everything kind of fit into place. I didn't feel awkward. Um, 
it kind of felt like, this is so cliche to say, but it felt like home. Gotcha. See, that actually sounds uh, a, a lot like, like, like my, my defining mm -hmm. moment. I think we all yeah. had that feeling. It felt right. like home. Yeah. It felt like home. Yep. So one of the things that I tell everybody, um, and Mom and Heathen Man all the time is how important meditation is, how important getting to be alone, getting to really concentrate on the gods and concentrate on yourself and what's going on in your life and the world around you is so important. And each of these stories involves a form of that meditation, whether we know it or not. It's where we went by ourselves to a place and just really wanted to call out to the gods and really focused on them and what we needed and what we were asking for um, to really become part of our lives and really begin to shape our path and send us down the right path. So with that said, we're, we're at 32 minutes. I don't want to take much more of anybody's time, so I apologize. Hang on really quick. Yes. So on meditating, all right, there's, there's a lot of people that do have issues just fully clearing their mind. Mm -hmm. um, I would say for me something that helped was music. Um, you know, um, Bjornsson, uh, he's the, the guy who does all of the music for the show Vikings. Okay. Uh, I listen to a lot of his stuff and then it, it takes you, you know, from there through, uh, Pandora, but listening to music and just the rhythm, because a lot of it is very deep and it, it just kind of drags you into a whole nother place. So if you can't just clear your mind, try going with uh, some music. Cool. Actually, that's uh, that was one of one of mine as well. Is that I, uh, you know, being an angsty teen in trip pants, uh, listen <laughs> listen to a lot of Viking metal back in the day, and that led me down a rabbit hole until um, I found uh, artists like uh, Val Raven and yes. such that do. Uh, traditional folk music, uh, even with traditional instruments and such. Uh, so I actually end up, you know, singing to myself uh, a lot of a lot of old folk songs and whatnot. You know, close my eyes, feeling the world around me, and actually just relaxing, clearing my mind, and just enjoying the music. It really, it really, really helps. Yeah, we, we in the modern day have a really hard time clearing our mind and getting rid of the noise of the day. Um, as you hear, see, we got to get rid of that noise of the day in order for us to concentrate on ourselves and concentrate on healing our souls, healing ourselves, healing the things that are um, what need to drive us forward in our path with Asatru and heathenry. So the thing is, if you get a chance. You know, the Christians always talk about a prayer closet. I don't want to say that, but find a place that's quiet for you in nature somewhere where you can be surrounded by the things that really matter and really recharge yourself and recharge your batteries there and see your path more clearly and do the things that clear your path better. One of the things I'm going to say is, honestly, meditation is the number one thing that you can do daily besides venerating the gods that will help you out. Um, the last thing I'm going to ask you guys, do you have anything that you do daily on a daily basis that helps you stay on your path and helps you do your path consistently and just something, I don't know how to say it other than that, just something that helps you daily to stay on your path? 
I, I just wake up and ask the gods to direct me down the path that they think I need to go. And then I kind of go throughout my day, and if I stumble, I take a second and, you know, revisit where I need to be. Uh, for me, I don't actually have a daily set uh, routine of things. Uh, my life's a little, a little hectic, you know, I, I wake up, I go to work and all that. It, it's always, it always takes effort for me. Uh, I actually have to physically put aside a, um, uh, a small amount of time. Typically on my lunch breaks, I'll be uh, sitting in the car or late at night laying in bed. It's, I have to, to make myself you know, sit aside, clear my head, uh, you know, talk to the gods, this and that. But it's... I don't want to say a chore, because it's 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 not. But it's I'm always so busy. My, my brain's always going a mile a minute. It's uh, it's it's difficult, but it is relaxing to do so. Uh, so while it's not a daily occurrence, uh, uh, every couple days or so, I I definitely make sure that I sit down, sit aside, uh, talk to the gods, thank the gods. Uh, especially on rainy days or rainy nights, uh, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful sound to just sit outside and listen to it. I think for me it's finding little things during the day that make the day better. Mm-hmm. So we're, with my job it's pretty hectic and pretty crazy and I, I try to find that one person or that one little scenario, that one thing that made the day better for me or makes the day better. And that to me is like a blessing from the gods saying that I am the right, doing the right thing. I am being the person that they want me to be or the person that I'm supposed to be. So for me, it's finding that one thing that makes the whole day worth it. Cool. I do have one other question. I'm sorry. One other question for our listeners. One of the other, one more. I'm sorry. One more thing. One, one of the big things to talk about is having an altar in your home, an altar for your family, an altar for yourself, an altar for whatever, an altar outside. How important is an altar to you in your daily practices? Because I know for me, it's important to have an altar. I don't know if it's the same for everybody else, and I, I just like the different views. So, how important is an altar in your daily walk or your daily path for you? I mean, I may not sit at my altar every day, but I have one that I look at every morning when I wake up, every morning or every night before I go to bed. It's right there. We actually have multiple altars in the house. Yeah, you cheat because you live with me. You have all yeah. these altars. Well, yeah. no, you, the boys are building one in their room. Yeah. And then we have... Each of ours in our room. Each of ours in our room. And then we have my small one out in the front room. You have multiple things out in the, in the, in the front room. Right, plus the one in the shed, plus the one in the yard, <laughs> yeah. and then the one in the porch. We have nine altars. <laughs> yeah. We really do have that many altars. And while we don't sit at them every day and meditate or something like that, they are our reminders that they're there all the time. Right. Uh, same. I, uh, while my current situation, I don't have an altar set up, I still have all of, all of my things. So mm-hmm. when I'm in the garage in my workshop, uh, sitting on my, uh, on my workbench is my, my hammer. Uh, 
I have my axes hung up on the wall and all that, and it's a it's a constant reminder of it being there. Mm-hmm. And while I do find it extremely important to actually have an altar set up uh, in your home, uh, anywhere for, you know, for if you need to uh, physically sit down and have a, a serious uh, inward look into yourself and outward towards the gods, mm-hmm. uh, it is extremely important for, for you to have an altar in my opinion, um, even though I don't have one of them. Uh, like a dedicated altar at this point in time. Right. Um, so, like Austin, I do not have my altar up right now because we just moved. And there's no room where we're staying. Um, but I normally, when I did have mine, I passed it daily. I looked at it daily. I would just, you know, lay my hand on it and thank the gods. Mm-hmm. Or, um, like right now, I... There's times he comes home from work and I just have my books slung across the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, but for people that, you know, life does get to daily, having a altar can, you know, help you stop every now and then and keep in mind that they, they are there. I'm sorry the military is passing us again. We're actually sitting on the beach in... Where is this? Gulfport. No, this is Long Beach. Did we pass the Walmart yet? No. No, No, we're in Pass Christian. Pass Christian. We're in Pass Christian, Mississippi today, sitting on the beach and watching the military go and some boats and stuff. I wish you guys were here. It's a beautiful day. Beautiful time on the beach. Not too many people here and just really nice. There's a breeze going. Breeze going and just really enjoying it. Getting in nature once again and then sucking in the sight. Clear blue skies. And there's a bonfire pit. Yeah, there's a bonfire pit right, <laughs> right in front of in, us. In, yeah. in case someone wanted to come tonight for Walpurgis Night. Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's right. For Walpurgis Night. So I want to thank you guys for joining all of us here at Modern Heathen Man. I want to thank you for joining Kelly and Jackie and Austin, and um, tell you all it's all different for everyone. It's always something um, unique for us all. Our paths are all different, even though they're the same way. They're all different, and each of us chooses our own path and chooses the way we follow our path, and that's for each of us to do, and the right thing for me is not always the right thing for you and vice versa. So I want to thank you all for joining us today. I want to hail you for wanting to become a better heathen. I want to hail the gods for such a beautiful day. I want to hail Thor on his day. Hail Idun for what she's going to do today, and hail Frigga for... Freya. Or Freya, sorry, for fertility. And I want to thank you all for joining us once again. And tell you all I have a great day. So, goodbye. Bye. Bye.